Good morning. You are listening to Radio Maria. This is Mornings with Radio Maria. I'm Aileen and I am delighted to be able to introduce you to James Somerville Meikle. He is the head of public affairs of the Catholic Union. James, welcome. Uh, Aileen, good morning. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me on the show. It's really good of you to give us your time I've been reading a little bit about the Catholic Union and I'd love you to just begin with, James. Mm. Tell us about it. What do you do? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, the Catholic Union has been going for uh, 150 years now. We were founded in 1870. um, And at that time, the penal laws in this country, uh, thank God, were fading into memory. Um, But there was still a sort of misunderstanding about Catholics in this country and a degree of uh, prejudice in one form or the other. So a society came together to promote the the views and interests, I guess, of Catholics in this country and to present them to to politicians and people in the public sphere. Uh, Now, obviously, we're in a very different place uh, to the late 19th century. The the country we're in today looks completely different. Um, But there's still a need to communicate to politicians Policymakers, people in the press, uh, you know, sort of what the Catholic view is. What are these uh, these people who are Catholic? What do they what do they think? What do they believe? Um, and we're a voice that deserves to be to be heard. We're the largest uh, the largest religious minority in this country. There are four point five million Catholics in England, Wales, and Scotland, and we uh, I think have a lot to contribute through Catholic social teaching. Um, and by virtue of how many of us there are, um, you know, we're, we're an important voice at the table and our views and interests should be heard just as much as, as, as anyone else. Fabulous. So in terms of the priorities that you have and the concerns, what, what is highest of those at the moment? Mm, good question. Um, well, we have a broad range of, of interests and uh, concerns that we're that we're monitoring or campaigning on, and it varies from one year to the next. So, during lockdown, for example, one of the things that the Catholic Union worked on was trying to get churches and other places of worship open again. Um, we had a uh, well more time than than I think many of us would like, where churches were closed by by law. Uh, so the Catholic Union organised a letter to the Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, which got the support of over 100 parliamentarians, over 100 MPs and peers signed this letter saying that we want churches to open again uh, and they should never be forced to close uh, by law again. Um, and that led to eventually churches being being able to open later, later in the pandemic. Um, so that was our effort then. Uh, and now, goodness me, I mean, we're dealing with the with the aftermath of the pandemic and the increase of cost of living for so many families. So ahead of the spring statement earlier this year, we called on the chancellor to make uh, the tax and benefit system fairer for families. We think that would be a a good priority for the government at the moment, helping families to keep more of the money they earn, I think would be a a longer term solution to some of the challenges that that we're seeing at the moment. Just to give you one example on that, uh, at the moment, only 10% of someone's uh, tax-free allowance can be transferred within a relationship. So if one partner is staying at home to do childcare, 
they're effectively losing 90% of their tax-free allowance. And similarly, when it comes to, to child benefit, uh, at the moment, that's capped at uh, 50,000. So if you earn 50,000 or more, you're not entitled to uh, child benefit. Uh, but if you have two couples and they earn 40,000 each, uh, then both of them can receive it. So there are various anomalies there that we think are making uh, life uh, harder for, for families. And you know, we're calling on the government to use the majority that they have, the time left in this parliament to uh, you know, really not just tinker around the edges, but to leave the tax and benefit system uh, in a state that's much more supportive of family life, much fairer, um, and as I say, it helps, helps families keep more of the money they earn. I'm fascinated listening to you because you are working clearly with, uh, there's a Catholic, I'm I was going to say a Catholic, Catholic backdrop. Of course, it's not the backdrop, it's the foundation. There are foundational principles from which you are working and that then will shed light onto political decisions. Mm. And I'm thinking that there must be a tension between having the Catholic principles, then interpreting them for, for the political applications. Um, so tell us more about what principles are you working from in order to look at poli p policies and um, decisions, political decision making? And yeah, is there fair, tension? Fair. Is there political tension amongst you in the group? Because ultimately, oh. you will all vote differently. I would say. Uh, I would think. Yeah, uh, no, two two very. Good, I mean, there's, there's no tension at all in the in the in the Catholic Union. There is there is complete harmony uh, <laughs> and unity of purpose in our in our in our work. Um, but on the, on the question about principles, I mean, that, that's absolutely spot on. Um, you know, there were 4.5 million Catholics in, in Great Britain, as I mentioned, and we're not all one homogenous group. You know, we do have different views and we vote very differently. Yes. Um, but I think, you know, one thing we do share is certain, is certain principles. Um, dignity, dignity of the human person, uh, dig which, which, which means obviously looking after life from beginning to the end. Uh, dignity of work making sure that people get a fair wage for, for their work and making sure that, uh, that families are not discriminated against in the tax and benefit system. Um, there is a strong desire to see religious freedom. You know, we know as Catholics uh, how important faith is to us and we want to make sure that is reflected in, uh, in laws in this country. So one of the other things we're working on at the moment is uh, working with the Ministry of Justice uh, on their plans for a new Bill of Rights. And we're very keen to make sure that there is a focus in that on fundamental human rights um, and that people's faith is properly taken into account in terms of judgments uh, in, in, in the courts. Um, and also looking further afield, because you can't have freedom of religion in one country, uh, if you like. And you know, what we know that so many Catholics and other Christians, people of other faiths, are, are persecuted for their beliefs. Uh, and just last week, um, our director, Nigel Parker, and uh, some of our friends and colleagues from Aid the Church in Need uh, had a meeting with Lord Ahmed of Wimbledon, um, who's one of the Foreign Office ministers. Uh, we secured that meeting with him to talk about what the government is doing to promote freedom or religion, freedom of religion or belief around the world. Uh, there was a major international conference coming up in July next year, which the UK government is hosting. And it's a great opportunity for 
the government to cement its position as a world leader in promoting freedom of religion or belief. But we also need to go to that conference uh, you know, knowing what our aims are. And one of the things we've been pushing the government on uh, through you know, working with our uh, members and supporters in Parliament to table questions and to hold the government's feet to the fire is to ask them what they want to get out of this conference. You know, it, it's great they're bringing people together. Uh, it's great that the government are, are hosting this conference, but we want to see some, some really strong aims and objectives for that conference so that we can make it worthwhile. I'm also wondering, how do you... How do you go about um, promoting or arguing these I these ideas, these things, these, this change you would like to make? Practically speaking, um, you've said you you, know, you will attend meetings, you'll speak to people. Can you tell a, a little bit more about that, James? How it works? The Westminster um, physiology, could we call mm. it? <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, well, we're, we're very fortunate in having uh, a number of members and supporters in both the House of Commons and the House of Lords, Catholic parliamentarians, people of other faiths who support our work um, and who are prepared to be helpful for us, which is which is a great blessing. Uh -huh. um, so we draw on their expertise and their ability to, to secure meetings as much as we can. Um, and then we also do some of the legwork ourselves. So for example, in that meeting last week with Lord Ahmed, uh, I think was committed to by the Foreign Secretary uh, at the end of last year, um, and it's taken quite a large amount of chasing up and uh, yeah, holding feet to the fire to get <laughs> that meeting secured. And um, yeah, often you, know, you 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 get this half an hour meeting with the minister, but often it's taken you know hours of work to get to that point. And then when you're in the meeting, there is a real onerous to make that to make that time work to really make sure you're getting across your your key points and you're not simply just repeating what other people are are saying. Um, but you're using that time to really, to get your points across uh, and, to and to make sure that time is as, as useful as possible. I'm interested also in the, um, and you've already spoken a little bit about this, but again, could you tell a little bit more? As you were speaking, I've become, I, I've become aware, as I'm sure many of us have, um, the Anglican Church and the current um, oh, what, what's the name of our the current head of the Anglican Church in England? Oh, Justin. Yeah, Justin, Justin Welby. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, he's been quite prominent with social justice, and mm. um, and I've wondered, do you does the Catholic Union work with an Anglican similar body too, um, or other? And of course, the, we have other religions as well outside of Christianity or within. Could you tell us a little bit more about the those inter, those interrelationships? Mm. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I feel bad not mentioning that sooner. Um, <laughs> we, don't, we don't operate in a in a uh, in a silo. Yeah, some of the best work we do is working with other groups. Uh, that meeting that we had with Lord Ahmed last week was with Aid to the Church in Need, who do some really fantastic work on shining a light um, with the with the challenges that people face around the world for for their faith. Um, we also work very closely with the Catholic Bishops Conference. Um, you know, they lead on many of the on many of these issues, and we try and support them, and I suppose fill in the gaps as best that we we can. Um, and Anglican bishops as well. I mean, they've got a real, uh, a real position of strength with their bishops being in the House of Lords, 
uh, being the established church in this country. You know, you saw the uh, the media attention that Justin Welby got for his Easter Sunday homily uh, a month or so ago. So, you know, the Anglican Church is a is a is a hugely important partner for us, um, and I work very closely with, I suppose, my my counterpart um, who supports the work of the the bishops in the House of Lords. So yes, absolutely. It's I think you, know, you can uh, the best way to bring about change, the most successful campaigns, are where you work with other groups, other faith groups, um, and also people who aren't necessarily uh, from a faith group background. Uh, the submission that we made ahead of the spring statement, we made that with the Centre for Enterprise uh, Markets and Ethics. Um, we've worked with other groups in the past around lifting the the two child cap on benefits, for example. So I think the the key to getting things done in Westminster is to is to draw together people who've got similar similar views and similar interests. Uh, otherwise, it's very easy to dismiss it as just something that Catholics care about. Whereas actually, we know that you know, a lot of what we're calling for um, is is common sense. It's helping to bring about the common good. And so, yeah, absolutely, we we, we take people with us. We build up coalitions and we try and get things changed. You were telling me uh, just before we came on air how much you love the work you do, um, you know, and I just thought for anybody that's listening to this and it's hocking them, you know, they're thinking, oh, this is interesting, especially young people. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your story, how how you've come to be doing this work, the, the, the broader work you're doing, and what sort of people might find that they find a home in the Catholic Union? Gosh, well, well, anyone is welcome to join us. Um, if you are hearing about us for the first time this morning and uh, you're liking uh, at least some of what I'm saying, um, then do have a look at our website, uh, catholicunion.org.uk. We are also on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're very fortunate in having members from across the British Isles, from Wales, Scotland, and England. Um, our membership is our greatest strength. Uh, I think there is a view sometimes that people who are in roles like mine, who've got titles like head of public affairs, uh, somehow it's up to them. Uh, you know, that everything's on their shoulders to bring about change. Whereas actually, some of our most effective campaigns are where we. Uh, utilize our membership and our broader uh, supporter base to uh, run campaigns, contacting their local MPs, um, you know, mobilizing uh, people to support various things. Um, you know, that that's a um, that's a hugely important part of our of our work. So, you know, really, we get our we get our strength from our membership, and we get our legitimacy, I suppose, to to enter into the public sphere and to comment on these matters because of our membership base. So, um, you know, please do please do join us. It's, it's, it's open to, to anyone and, and everyone. Um, you know, add your voice to ours and help us to be an even, uh, an even stronger force for, for the common good in, in Parliament. Uh, we've got people at the moment, as I said, from, from, from all parts of these islands um, and from all walks of life. Um, we've got teachers, lawyers, nurses, doctors, uh, civil servants. It's a really strong pool of experts, of, 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 sort of Catholic lay people who are 
in the working world who've got such a wealth of experience. And part of my job is to sort of draw that together when we're making submissions, when we're seeing parliamentarians, to make sure those views are communicated. Um, we also do a series of events and talks. We have our annual Craigmire lecture, where we get to hear from a, a leading politician or public figure about a, a, some matter of the day. We had Lord Bird talk to us last year, the founder of The Big Issue, um, and he was giving us his views on the best way of lifting people out of poverty. Um, we also have our, our weekly briefing, which is a newsletter, an email newsletter that goes out at the end of every week. Uh, and that keeps people informed as to what's been going on in Parliament uh, and the wider public sphere. And it's a snapshot, I guess, because so often, uh, you know, mainstream news can miss out things, can overlook stories. So we try and provide people once a week with this update of Catholic news and views, I guess, because if we want our members to be informed, if we want them to be engaged, then they need to know what's what's happening. So there are huge benefits from uh, from joining us. And as I say, it's it's open to anyone. So please do uh, please do join if you're if you're not already a member. As you were speaking, I was thinking about how what does it mean to be Catholic? And of course, we go to church every week and that's or, and more than once a week as well. Many, many of us will um, do that. We say our prayers. Um, but I suppose there is also a responsibility to be, as, as we are able, to be informed and therefore our, our actions and behaviours to be informed by this world that exists where decisions are made about how people will live and, and the justice, justice issues that you've spoken about. It sounds to me like the Catholic Union membership is a great way of being actively informed and engaged with that so that as Catholics we can grow in, our, in the practice of our faith in our daily lives. Yes, absolutely. I think, I think that's spot on. Um, I suppose, I mean, really what you need is both. You know, what you need is the, the work of parishes who are doing such good work now, whether it's through organising food banks, um, the network they have of vulnerable people, support for the homeless. Um, you know, that work is doing immediate, immediate good now. Um, but also as Catholics, you know, we are called to, to participate in public life and to ask those questions about, well, why is, there a, why is there a need for that? And how can we influence public policy? How can we change things in such a way to, to make life better? Um, so it's not, you know, you, you can't be all advocacy uh, and no on the groundwork. And I'd almost argue, you know, vice versa as well. If you're constantly just meeting the need with no engagement in politics, then it's slightly short term. So yeah. we do need them, them, them both. Um, and again, going back to sort of what gives us legitimacy, I suppose, to, to comment, to venture into the public sphere and to take part in these discussions uh, is, first of all, our, our membership base, but also the fact that we can draw on uh, what's going on in parishes at the moment. We can draw on good practice. We can draw on the work of faith groups and say, look, this is what's working well, uh, it's parishes who uh, who know the people who are most in need. Um, this is what they're finding is working well. We like the government to to learn from that. Um, and then when the government bring out a particular policy or a new funding stream, we try and make sure that reaches faith groups. So one of the things that I did uh, a couple of almost been a year ago now, um, when some new funding came out, 
was to write to the local government minister and to say, can you please make sure that in the guidance for this new funding, you mentioned faith groups, because there were some local authorities who were a bit apprehensive about giving this money to, to faith groups. So it's a, it's a two-way process. And these decisions, this advocacy, it makes a difference to the lived lives of people in the underground, doesn't it? Well, that's that's the aim. Absolutely. I mean, if you if you lose sight of that, then you need to kind of be off the pitch, I suppose. Uh, yes. I mean, that is that is the aim. It's to make life better, not just for Catholics, but for but for everyone in this country, drawing on those principles that we spoke about earlier on, about dignity, uh, about respect, about fairness, um, freedom of religion. You know, those are things that will benefit that will benefit everyone. Um, you know, Catholic social teaching is such a uh, rich treasure trove for policymakers. Um, and I'm always struck by by people from outside the Catholic faith who say, you know, isn't this a wonderful thing that you've got as part of your uh, as part of your faith? So it's something that we should be proud of, it's something that we should draw upon, and we should use in our engagement in uh, in the public sphere. And tell me, I know we're starting to get towards our end, so I'm going to get, definitely give you time to say what you want to, what you, anything, last things that you would like to say, James. Um, how did you end up doing this and what do you love about it personally? Can you tell us a little bit about that? How did I end up doing this? Gosh, yeah. uh, I think through the grace of God. Uh, there's no, there's no Nothing other, better than that. <laughs> no, other, no other way for it. Uh, no, I feel, I feel hugely lucky to, uh, to be in the position that I am now. Um, we were very fortunate in getting uh, some some funding to uh, to have a head of public affairs position. We didn't have one until I started three years ago, despite having a 150-year history. My own position is, is quite new. Um, and at the time, I was on the Council of the Catholic Union, uh, and I was working in another uh, political job. And I was asked if I'd give a hand drawing up the job description and as I sat down to write it, I thought, gosh, this sounds really good. That's my um, job. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. It was a bit like when um, uh, when George Bush Jr. asked Dick Cheney who he thought his running mate should be. And Dick Cheney said, well, me. Um, <laughs> it was slightly that with the Catholic Union Council. They asked me to find someone. And I and I said, well, I'd, I'd really quite like to do it. Um, <laughs> and we found a way of making it making it work. It's just uh, one day at the moment, but uh, but we're hoping to, to increase that. Um, and it's the most wonderful opportunity, I suppose, because you get to work with some really, uh, some really interesting people, um, particularly parliamentarians who are uh, passionate about their faith, who are serious about their faith. Um, it really uh, it makes you much more optimistic, because I guess often we hear about when, when we hear about politics, it's the negative side of it. Yeah. Um, but every Wednesday in Parliament at six o'clock, there is a Catholic mass. And you know, no matter what's been going on that day in Westminster, a group of us Catholics come together and we celebrate mass and we pray. And it's a wonderful reminder that there are, um, that there are good men and women engaged in politics um, and that that goodness comes from the Holy Spirit, um, you know, driving them on, giving them strength in their vocations in, in public life. Um, so it's a huge blessing to, to sort of see a part of that and you know, as I say, we've been doing it for 150 years. Um, we uh, hopefully we'll be doing it for for 150 years more. Um, but we do need people to to join us to 
uh, add their voices to ours so that we can continue to grow um, and be a faithful voice for Catholics in this country in the public sphere. James, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I think the that ending you've given us about the mass every week in Parliament has actually made me give me a little bit of goosebumps. Actually, when I heard that, I didn't know it happened, and uh, yeah, that's a really um, yeah a little bit breathtaking to think that that's happening alongside all the work you're doing. Indeed, and when we go to mass, we walk through Westminster Hall, which is where Saint Thomas More was tried and condemned to death. So it's a wonderful, oh, gosh. It's a wonderful, it's a huge privilege being able to go there. And it's very uplifting spiritually and uh, from, from a sort of work perspective um, that there are people here genuinely seeking the common good. And our aim is to be as helpful to that as possible. Um, but thank you so much, uh, Aileen, for, for uh, inviting me on today. It's been a real joy to speak to you and you know all blessings for the work that you and Radio Maria are doing. It's another really important way of keeping Catholics in this country connected and engaged and informed. So thank you for what you're doing. It's been a great, a great blessing to be with you this morning. Would you mind finishing with a prayer for us? You weren't expecting that, but yeah, can we, you? Um, <laughs> yes, I think, well, I think we can do no better than, and I'm hoping I have it here. I see you've got something there on your desk. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, here. There's a prayer that I usually begin with um, before our um, uh, before our parliamentary public affairs committee meetings, which currently escapes me. But I think it goes something like this: In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and they shall be created. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. The Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Radio Mornings with Radio Maria and thank you to James Somerville, Head of Public Affairs of the Catholic Union in the UK.